0: is Rise, Shine, You People. It's a hymn that we're going to be taking a look at on this Tuesday, Rumination, June the 18th in the year of our Lord, 2019. And with me for Rumination Tuesday is our good friend and pastor, Mark Smith. Hi, Mark.
1: Hey, Tom, how you doing this fine day?
0: I'm uh, doing real good. Would you say that again? How are you doing this fine day? Yes, I'm doing very good on this fine day. Good, good. It's better when you have your mic on. Oh yes, <laughs> it does help. <laughs> yes, so we're done. Lent, Easter. Oh, I know, boy. I'll tell you.
1: And now we're in the we're in the summer season. Schedules open up a little bit more. Thank, thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, we need we need a little bit more relaxing pace during the summer, don't we? No, you don't you no, don't at all no not me <laughs> no i would get bored I, I always like summer to take it's sweet time yeah that's fine it goes too fast as what's it is
0: what's nice is same color every sunday yeah well, well yeah yeah <laughs> you know, we got we went to white again this past sunday with trinity right yeah and i was at one church and they didn't have red Oh. For Pentecost. Oh, really? Yeah. What are they? Oh, just green? I normally brought it and I forgot to bring mine. Uh huh. So, um. Red is always so striking, you know. Oh, my. For
1: for ordination. Let's see.
0: It's Pentecost and when else is red
1: used? Uh, Pentecost, uh, ordination. Uh, uh, now confirmation, some people use it red for confirmation, but I usually use the seasonal color. Oh, yeah. Confirmation. Um, (sighs) saints days yeah that's true saints days they use red but not enough i agree
0: I looked at this hymn, Rise Shine You People, and I did not recognize it. No, I didn't either. It's not even in the booklet I had that examines a lot of hymns.
1: Sarah Golso, one of the speakers on the previous show, now she she recognized it right away. She, she started it. singing it. Yeah. We should have had her in here. It was a theme hymn for... Uh, River Forest? River, Con- Concordia River Forest, now called Concordia Chicago. University. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes, and I don't know why I've never heard it before, and I don't know who Ronald Klug is, who was born in 1939, so he's still alive, it appears. Hopefully, yes. Well, even if he's not, that's hopefully he's still he's still living. <laughs> yes, yeah, I did that on a sermon last week. Uh, did Abraham ever die? And Jesus says, no, he never died. And of course, he's talking about. He's the God not of the dead. He's not the God of the dead. He's the God
1: of the living, for all live to him.
0: Jesus was making the distinction between temporal death and spiritual death. Right. And Abraham never died the spiritual death that leads to eternal damnation. I love
1: that. I love that striking line in the in the last, last Sunday's gospel where he says, Before Abraham was, I am. I am. And they picked up stones
0: to throw at him, you know. Well, there's a good example, and I think we're going to talk about this with Wes on um, Thursday. I'm preaching right after this at 10 o'clock, and I'm going to be making an announcement uh, and tell you a little bit about what happened to me last week. But part of the uh, item that we're going to be taking a look at is why preachers don't get their views across properly. Uh-huh. And it, it's actually an article that uh, occurred in the St. Louis Seminary Spring Journal huh. where an individual talks about the curse of knowledge. Aha! Uh-huh. Now, I've never heard of that, have you? The curse of knowledge, yeah.
1: What does that mean? No, I uh, I mean I really haven't heard of it, but I think uh, I think sometimes we preachers, you know, we get we get too involved in our own intellectual pursuits. Excellent. And we don't we, yes. we we're not we don't speak on the level of the people that they Boy, can understand. you
0: hit that right on the head. Yeah. Well, I the curse I don't of, have
1: a problem with intellectuality.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the curse of knowledge is you become ignorant when you are ignorant.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and therefore you can't talk to ignorant people because you assume that they're understanding your level. Uh huh. That was really an excellent article. It put together a lot of my thoughts. Uh,
1: that's why they used to say. I remember somebody saying once that C students tend to make the best teachers. Really? Have you ever heard that? No. Yeah. C C plus students. You know, average students in their Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. all, often make the best teachers. When they, if they become teachers, yes, I've heard that.
0: Yeah, in the sermon I'm going to be talking about an electrician. You call him in, nothing's working in your house. He fixes it, and then he attempts to explain what he did. Yeah, and he no idea what yeah. he's talking oh, about. Oh, I know. He has a curse of knowledge. He's forgotten how he was once ignorant of all this, and how he came to know it then. Yeah, and and that's the same with a lot of pastors. You can always tell that they're under the curse of knowledge. Uh, somebody comes home from church and a person who hadn't gone to church asks them, well, what was the sermon all about? And they look at him and said, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's too bad. Yeah, too bad. that's a curse of knowledge. Yeah. And,
1: and There's too, too much of that in the church, I'm afraid.
0: Well, for example, Trinity Sunday, I'll bet you a lot of pastors were talking about, on the basis of the Athanasian Creed, trying to help people understand what the Trinity is. Three persons, one God, you know, they would be using all kinds of words that would fly over the heads of the people without any long gospel in it at all. Homo or Homo Oh, yes. <laughs> remember that? <laughs> yes. The one I always remember is the uh, distinction between the attributes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Apoteles monicum. Very good. <laughs> Genus I It's <laughs> a wonder you have that memorized. Oh. That's I, good. <laughs> yes. And uh, I, I put that in the sermon, by the Did way. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm saying, yeah, when I talk about the Trinity and I use those phrases, uh-huh. It's just over the heads of the people. And um, of course, I use three techniques uh-huh. uh, to make sure that a, um, a, a sermon ends up touching people or what I like saying or what the article said, it sticks to them. Uh-huh. The first yeah. thing is i always start with a question that they normally get wrong uh-huh. and then They've got something to say to somebody when they say, what did Pastor Baker talk about? Well, he asked this question, I got it wrong, and here's the correct understanding. The second thing, I I follow Jesus in trying to use parables or, in our lives, illustrations, events that make it applicable. Yes. Uh, For example, somebody will phone in and say, I can't believe that you don't understand that you have to invite Christ into your heart in order to become his child. And I look at them, or I talk to them, and I say, are are you a parent? And they say, oh, yes. And then I say, when was the occasion when your children invited you into their heart so they could be your child? Uh Uh-huh, yeah. They're kind of of stuck. Well, they're stuck. (laughs) So parents don't
1: insist on that
0: invitation, but God does? Yeah. Ridiculous.
1: I'll tell you that's one I was saying the other day, I think that's one one reason at least why God gives us graciously gives us kids to help us understand how He works, yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about yeah, that you know teaches Boy. us how we are his children, yes, and He forgives us and loves us in spite of our messes and mistakes so this is the third. This is the first Sunday after Trinity, the second Sunday after
0: Pentecost. Yes, second Sunday after Pentecost. Stanza one, please. All right.
1: Rise, shine, you people. Christ the Lord has entered our human story. God in him is centered. He comes to us by death and sin surrounded with grace unbounded.
0: So rise, shine, you people. I just read a lengthy article yesterday. I was trying to prove the point that the reason that Adam and Eve re- recognized that they were naked is because they lost the shining that they had on their body. Uh-huh. And boy did I run into a lot of like in um Jewish. You, yeah, where did you get that, huh? Oh, oh no, it, it's yeah. in the scripture right, too. It right. talks about the glory. Right. But uh a lot of the Jews It just so happens that the word light and skin is almost the same in the Hebrew. Hmm. Yes. And so they lost the light of their skin. Uh Uh-huh. And it was really interesting reading all that to talk about. And therefore, when I read this, rise, shine, you people. According to 1 Corinthians 15, we're going to have degrees of glory in heaven, just like Moses did they're not going to be radiant they're going to be reflected mhm Only- i was just i was just
1: thinking you know losing you know all of a sudden realizing your nakedness yes that's pretty humiliating <laughs> right i mean really it's, that's a good illustration for sin i mean you're yes. you're, you're You're naked. Yeah. Who wants to show off their naked body? I mean, not many of us. (laughs) Well, what you're Unless you're a former Chippendale dancer like you, like yourself.
0: uh, Yes, yes, yes. uh, Where I met Louise, who was a pole dancer. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Yeah,
1: We're going to have to have that uh, disclaimer at the end of the show. Oh,
0: yeah. Are we in the pulpit?
1: No. (laughs) Disclaimer. Stanza 2. See how he sends the powers of evil reeling. He brings us freedom, light, and life, and healing. All men and women who by guilt are driven now are forgiven. And I, I can see why that's. As I said to you earlier, I can see why that's chosen for this Sunday because you, you know it says, "See how he sends the powers of evil reeling." Remember, you know, this Sunday it's the, uh,
0: Dem- demons, it's the demons
1: taken out of the man, taken uh, demoniac is, and they're legion. And he casts them into the sw- herd of swine. Yeah, and they, you know, they're Do just you- begging. They're just begging that he doesn't destroy them, but yeah. that he sends them elsewhere. Do you realize it's in three
0: Gospels? That Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's in all three of them. All three of them. Oh. And I did a chart. It's easy in Word. Uh-huh. It had three columns. The Matthew is real short compared uh-huh. to the other two. But um, then you have to read, like, for example, in one of them, he meets two demons. Uh-huh. And, and such, and, and it's the same. You think it's the same parakeet? Oh, it's exactly the same.
1: No kidding. Yeah. And, he, and he casts them into the pigs.
0: Yeah. Yes. Who go over the hill and drown? That's in. That's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke.
1: Mark and Luke as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know it's in Luke. Right? I didn't know. because that's where we're reading from right now. Okay. All right. But you better look at it because it's got some other insights there. Uh huh. That are really interesting. But. Um, did the people rise and shine when Jesus did that? No,
1: in fact, uh, remember the uh the surrounding people said, "Oh, please, why don't you leave us? You know, leave our area. We can't have this. I yes. don't know if there were a bunch of uh pig farmers or what, but but uh they they begged him to you move on, please. We Boy. don't we can't have this uh casting out demons like this."
0: Yeah, I was told by a pig farmer that uh pigs can swim. Yeah, you push a pig in the water; he's so bulky, and, and they just they float. Yeah, in con, on con in contrast to sheep, uh-huh. sheep. Well, I guess they get all wet with their wool and everything. Oh, that's, that's something. Yeah, for sure. And so, um, but, sh- but pigs can no kidding, and they're smarter. Oh yes,
1: a lot smarter. Yes. Than. Oh yeah, they're in in the book Animal Farm. The wise wise guy Napoleon that led all the other animals was a pig. Really? Yes.
0: Yeah, I'm sure I had read something about that, but boy, that was a long time mm-hmm. ago. <laughs> and people even have pigs as pets.
1: Yeah, little pigs, yeah. Those little, what, little Vietnamese pigs? or well,
0: I don't what, know from what Southeast nationality Asia? they are. They're from Southeast Asia somewhere, yeah. Well, but um, this is an interesting phrase, really Lutheran. All men and women who by guilt are driven now are forgiven. Yes. And it says, all men and women. This shows our contrast to the Reformed who think only the believers are forgiven.
1: That's right. It's it's objective justification. Yes. Christ atoned for the sins of all people.
0: That's right. Every last, even the scoundrels
1: of history. Even atoned for their sins.
0: Yes. He paid for them, and they are forgiven. That's why we don't say, if you want to go to heaven, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be forgiven. No, we say, you have been forgiven. That's right. Believe in the Lord Jesus right. Christ. It's the gift is there. Totally different approach. Accept it. Mm-hmm.
1: Stanza three. Come celebrate your banners high unfurling, your songs and prayers against the darkness hurling. To all the world, go out and tell the story of Jesus' glory.
0: Notice what the mission goal is to tell about Jesus. Right. And um, that's why the first lines of this hymn, Christ the Lord has entered our human story. God in him is centered. Boy, you can have a little discussion about that and
1: notice how it says he's surrounded he's surrounded he comes to us by death and sin surrounded you know he in, yes. invades planet earth to redeem the world and, and from the moment of his entering he's surrounded by death and uh, and sin on every hand And
0: our task isn't to tell people well believe in Jesus so you get power to obey the law so you can be saved no Galatians 3 is really good. In fact, it's part of the epistle. That's right. In my opinion, Galatians 3 is the best chapter in the Bible for understanding law and gospel. Yes, yes. you can have people read that, and it's become so obvious. And it's because it was
1: written by Paul against the Judaizers that wanted to put the law on
0: everybody. Yeah, Judaizers were Jews who had become Christian but thought that Christians still had to follow the ceremonial laws. Yeah. And such. Not true. I'll read stanza four. Tell how the Father sent His Son to save us. Tell of the Son who life and freedom gave us. Tell how the Spirit calls from every nation His new creation. You notice how the Trinity gets in there?
1: Yeah, in fact, I'm surprised this doesn't have a. This doesn't have a little triangle in front of it. Cause, yeah. Because that last stanza talks about all three persons. You know, I, I would think, isn't that a doxological verse? I don't understand.
0: Yeah, if there had been a triangle, I would have asked you, why is there a triangle there? Yeah, right. And you would have answered. But that's the, a good insight. The, yeah. that uh, The whole trinity is there. Yeah. And it's under mission and witness. Yes. And that's really good because what it's talking about is how the spirit calls from every nation his new creation that's really really important and he does that by means of the gospel because the gospel is one in which we find everything that is needed it's a totally different way of salvation in fact, my sermon is going to be talking about that. I'm going to do a few things in the sermon. I'm starting in about 10 minutes. Is I'm going to give an explanation of how I think sermons could be put together so they end up touching people. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to actually use those techniques in the sermon. And I'm confident that there's going to be a lot of people talking about it when I'm done. Oh, for a a reason. Okay. Uh, for a good reason, I hope. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is very, <laughs> very, very good reason. Um, it could actually change some people's lives. Really? Well, absolutely. The gospel can do that. Yes, but uh, in, in a different way than normal. Mm-hmm. So, you had phoned me about. I did not find the sermon I had done on the into the pigs. Right. Then I thought, well, maybe it was a Sunday school lesson. And I went through that for four years and couldn't find it there either. I remember talking about it. Uh, yeah, I remember it was very good. Ah, boy. Uh, but that's, you know, I'm preaching on something different anyway this Sunday. But be that as it may, it's a, uh, going to be a, a good, will you sing this hymn? Now that you learned that it's a Chicago. Very possibly now that I'm, I'm
1: a little f- more familiar with it. Yeah, I, yes. wasn't, I wasn't before.
0: Yeah, it is. You are absolutely right. It's kind of a new one because it's not in that big book that explains all the hymns mm-hmm. that are normally in here. Uh, I was surprised I even found it on the Internet. So that was good. So we are going to leave a little earlier... Because I need to prepare for this sermon and the announcement that I'm making. And so we'll um, start playing uh, some of this. And are you going to be with us next week? Planning on it. Where's your church and services? Prince of Peace
1: Lutheran Church, just south of the Watson and New Sappington Road intersection, 8646 New Sappington. We have services, uh, Saturday evening, if you yes. can't make Sunday, Saturday evening at 5 p.m. and Sunday morning at 9 a.m. We'd, we'd love to have you. We're a small, but very,
0: very friendly and, and, uh, just, just a great congregation no, no, loving I've people. Preach there a bunch of times, and yeah. you always have good food during the Bible yes, study. Yes, we do.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Pastor Mark Smith, thank you very much. Hopefully, we'll see you next week for a continuation of the next hymn for the Sunday of Pentecost. And here is, again, a fuller rendition of Rise, Shine, uh, You People.